Hello, everyone, from the Jam Yearbook. I'm Matt. And I'm Jim. We're here to take you on a trip to a different year of music every week and share our opinions on what we found. We've been through enough episodes now where we felt we needed to do a little housekeeping before we got too carried away. Yeah. We're doing a cleanup of things we may have left out from the first 10 years we've covered, and we'll get to add five more songs each to the playlist. Woohoo! Hey, <laughs> we picked the years like choosing teams on a playground. <laughs> there was a little bit of trading. It wasn't rocket science, and eh, we knew that certain years were going to be more personal to the other. Uh, but the last kid standing was poor old 1986. <laughs> we flipped a coin after 1991 part two, and uh, I was the loser. Yeah, you got you got 1986. Yep, but then you decided that 1986 was more your speed than 2002. I think we actually looked into it and I looked into 2002 and found nothing. And you looked into 2002 and found something that you really liked. And I looked back into 1986 and I found some stuff there. So, yeah. And I looked at what you were going to add to 2002 and I'm like, Oh no, we can do better than that. (laughs) (laughs) As we thought would happen, you know, the shows, the shows evolved, hopefully for the better. We'll always be looking for ways to improve uh, and we'll get more comfortable having this conversation every time. And if you want to help with that, don't hesitate to drop a comment or rate and review on whatever platform you listen on. Just remember anything under five stars, we will view as hostile bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. The show has evolved. I think in the first couple of episodes, we were playing some kind of game where we're scoring points for songs against one another yeah. and owning copies of it. And what, what stopped us from doing that? Was it just too hard to keep track of because of the show or was it the beer? Um, I think it was the third member of the show. Yeah, beer. It was the beer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And we yeah. appreciate the, the commercials that were in the original shows. If you heard any of oh. those from my, my, my good friend, Ben, it was nice to have those in there, but those have found yeah. their way out. And right now we're just doing the show as it is. So we want to thank everybody for the feedback we've received and for everyone who's already checked out or interacted with our Facebook group page. If you haven't checked it out, just punch the jam yearbook into the search bar and we should be easy to find there. There's one security question. Are you cool? Yes, no, or maybe. If you pick no, we'll probably still let you in because we think that's kind of punk of you. <laughs> You'll see when you join each week that we let the audience join us in picking five songs. Now, on this episode, we're going to present to you the songs that we had the audience choose from. I think, what was it, Matt, from episode six or episode seven? It's only yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, a few few songs from our audience, but it it's been a whole lot more fun since they've joined us. And we will also have a poll the week we do this show with the choice to add a song from each of the years we've covered already. And we'll put that into the Spotify playlist for everyone. Having listeners add songs to the jam playlist is my favorite thing that we started doing. Kind of maybe selfishly, because now I don't feel that I need to worry about adding popular songs. Mm-hmm. I can put stuff on like white trash that I love <laughs> and it and hopefully somebody else, well, if you haven't heard of it before, goes and listens to it, go, oh yeah, that you know what, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I like the interaction with the people. Never in a million years would I put Terrapin Station on any playlist, <laughs> but I like hearing it on there mm-hmm. because somebody else added it. Yeah. It's again, it's that interaction. And 
at the end of this road that we're on, because, you know, we're only talking about music that we were alive for, you know, there's going to be an end. So we're going to have this eclectic mix on this playlist. And I can't wait to see, you know, how it ends. It'll be crazy. Oh, it's going to be insane. I love it. Uh, my favorite ad so far is Psycho Killer because I felt stupid for not putting it on there myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was kind of in that mode of, oh, well, we already have a talking head song. Let me do something else. But, you know, the tragic hit made me realize, hey, it's okay to have the same band. <laughs> Matt, I've got a Ramon song myself that will make my top five when we reach that year. <laughs> as long as you don't break up with me before we see the show all the way through, I predict our playlist will be a minimum of seven to 800 songs. It's bound to happen. But if you break up with me, I'm getting Taylor Swift to help me write a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> she could do that in five minutes. She's yeah. probably got a dozen or so in the Rolodex ready to go. You know, if you told me before we started this show that I was going to have a Taylor Swift awakening, if you told me a month ago this was going to happen, I would have told you to shut your face. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what I feel more foolish about. Hating on her song so much in previous years or admitting now that I like her. But the song All Too Well Belongs, just like the Dead's Terrapin Station, as part of the Jam Yearbook journey. No kidding. We both had this arc of realizing we don't dislike Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Some of that could be, you know, wondering, at least on our end, how people would accept that from us. You know, two middle-aged guys admiring Taylor Swift. Are we being two creepy middle-aged guys? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're not, at least no. not intentionally. But it still feels like it might be unacceptable because her music isn't supposed to be for us. Me personally, I got to get out of that way of thinking. You know, any music should be for anybody. It doesn't matter if you like it, listen to it. I'm Mm -hmm. still not purposely listening to most of her music, but if I hear it, I listen, you know, with a different mindset. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think has changed me as well doing this show. I'm more open to things I probably would have prejudged and I'm happy moving in this direction. I mean, let's be honest. We have a lot of friends who love prog music and jam band music, and we've both admitted to struggling with this in our lives. Oh, yeah. We both talked about that challenge of mm-hmm. jam bands and prog. I've said how songs, they follow this dogmatic pattern of first chorus, first chorus, bridge, you know, onward until either hard stop or it fades out. And when I think about it in those terms, it kind of drives me crazy. It makes me think, boy, this is really kind of dumb. Um, but after I said it, it kind of got me thinking about jam and prog in the way that maybe that could be some of the draw to it, that it steps outside of that box, you know, of what a traditional song is more written like, yeah. you know, it dares to count past four. Most of the time I'm okay with just counting to four. There, I get that there are elements that inspire people to play this kind of music with being a fan I can just respect that we won't all like that same kind of music. Yeah, I'm much more comfortable counting to four as well. I just don't want fans of prog or jam bands to to think we're being dicks. If making a statement that math and music combined makes for a greater challenge when listening, call me a dick. I think (laughs) there are two types of progressive and jam, and this is how I separate them. Is it pretentious? That's it. You can hear it in the music. Rush is not a pretentious band dream theater well they are <laughs> yeah pretentious and indulgent yeah maybe and not being a fan of it definitely excuse my opinion that way also 
I, I like to listen to people who don't share my opinion because I can look at my phone and tell them they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like probably people do when they listen to this and we All say something about something they like. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe I incorrectly think others like to do that as well. You and I can trash prog and jam bands all day long and have a ton of laughs. And that's really what it is about. It's about us having fun with it. But, and you know, if I say one off color America about 311, or you do the same to Boney Bear, we'll lose our shit on the other, right? (laughs) Hey, shut up, man. Let's not go into this. But, you know, it's just everybody takes the music they love personally. I just hope people can kind of understand that we're just poking fun Mm -hmm. if we touch on something that you that you like and you got to be able to laugh at some of the things that you like i just hope people don't take it too personal or seriously when we do that or maybe me i think i do that more than you (laughs) (laughs) you know but i don't want the show to just be about name dropping and being on you know walter cronkite as you know this is the news (laughs) we got we, we got to give our opinion yeah Maybe I can work on maybe just being a little bit more respectful, but if it's, if it's flowered up too much, I don't think the interaction and reaction is as good mm-hmm. um, and never discount the effect. The third member of the show has on my comments, beer, you know, beer, <laughs> beer says NPR. that song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Or it, 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 you know, it lowers that wall to let me say it, <laughs> but yeah. you know, this is an NPR. We should sound like we're having fun. I want to laugh while we're doing that. And you, you, you want to talk shit about Boney Bear? That's awesome because <laughs> I can understand and see how somebody could not like it. Well, in I, other words, everyone, what Matt just said, we might have or have said something sucks and you like it. It's going to happen. And I'm 100% positive that with some lesser known tracks Matt has added or my picks, come on, I've put Coldplay on our list twice already. <laughs> oh, play! If I say something sucks that you like, you have full license to call out my bullshit. Two Coldplay songs, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, just go back and listen. I'm full of contradictions, but it's more of me being just that in-the-moment kind of person. You know, I'm always looking to make a joke, too. I always want to make somebody laugh. So anything else before we start going through the first 10 years we covered? Yeah, I got a question for you, Jim. Probably what, a couple. What is it? Um, what did I ever say to you to be defensive about being a Cure super fan? <laughs> <laughs> I think you once told me that if people talked about the Cure, you automatically labeled them as a super fan because of the divisiveness of the group. Look, yeah, I'm, that sounds about right. I'm pretty sure you brought up the Cure first. Maybe not. I might have mentioned them casually but we haven't even had a year yet that I favorably talked about them or picked one of their songs. Matt, I've been exploiting this because I think of your fear of having to discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're lucky I like the Ramones. Yeah, I know. I, I don't associate people who like The Cure as being casual about it. And that's me. Yeah. I totally admit it. That's me. So I'm not an, I'm not an intense Cure fan then? But I always imagine a Cure fan being an intense Cure fan. But I need to have my my hair all up and the mascara and <laughs> everything sitting here. I th- I'm telling Back you, if, in we the do, day. if we do a Halloween show, <laughs> we should do one and do a YouTube one. And I am coming as Robert fucking Smith. <laughs> I also regret saying whatever I did that made you think that I only listen to Mopey music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, Matt. 
when I met you the very first day I ever talked to you, we talked about Motley Crue and Girls, Girls, Girls. I remember yeah. this conversation walking home from school. You were always my cool hair metal friend. <laughs> but after having a lifelong friendship with you, I was kind of surprised for your affection for the emo folk. <laughs> <laughs> but emo folk, emo folk, you know, this wispy, sensitive side. But I it's need, not all like I just that. Need, I just need a quiet moment. Sit back and be away from everybody and drink a beer. And Tito, give me a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wish I had that kind of connection with the music the way you did. I got so little out of 2008. It's kind of too bad. And I was just being asshole, Jim, and trying to poke at you getting in touch with your sensitive side. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hands in the No, air. no, no, no. Don't apologize. Poke away. I like that back and forth because that's where I think the comedy is. <laughs> right and then and then, and then we can point out each other you fucking hypocrite you said <laughs> you said this uh but you know this is probably your version of my cure poking stick and also kind of at the beginning we were sounding like we weren't really having that much fun i know i was definitely in that mindset of trying to be more of a curator than just talking about what i liked matt needs to fit um, everything into the show and this band yeah that band we can't miss this we can't miss that did you listen to it, dude? No, but we can't miss it. We can't. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem when you listen to a lot of stuff or you're trying to set that landscape. But I think the landscape is better set when you can just weave it into a conversation as opposed to just, you know, the name drops here. And there. Yeah. And, but yeah, as you know, we've gotten more comfortable with doing it. So, you know, as much as we want to and don't want to name drop, we kind of found the right way to pace it. But I also think we do it episode by episode as we did yeah. in 1991, where, where we realized the year was so big, we broke it up into two different episodes and we went month by month. Yeah. Yeah. And seven years, years like 77 and 80 were just, there was so much out there that you almost had to just to try to fit it all in. Yeah. Yeah. Without missing something. And there'll be other years like that. Yeah. We definitely loosened up. We, we found our structure. It took us a few episodes and we definitely laugh more now than we did in 1971. <laughs> But me, I tried to implement a no beer until the show starts rule. That didn't work, did it? Nope, that didn't work <laughs> at all as I opened beer number two. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we did that one show and I think it was like 10 a.m. my time. I got rules. All right. I'm not going to drink before 11. <laughs> it's, a, it's only an hour. But, you know, if you can go to a restaurant at 11 and get lunch, then you can have a beer. You can have a beer. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And beer and beer is the third member of the show. You don't mm -hmm. want to upset beer. No. Right. <laughs> Pretty much always present. <laughs> That's right. So an, an, enough preamble. Let's kind of get on with this cleanup and uh, let, let's. Let's visit it uh, kind of like version at a time as uh, we as we released them. So yes. let's start with 1971. That was the first version. It was uh, our history lesson for us middle-aged folks. 71 was mm -hmm. definitely an historic year of music. Yeah, we, we picked this year because it was your birth year. So we started there as we talk about doing this 50 plus years of music that we'll cover over the course of the show. It's hard to go back to 1971 and worry about what we missed. I think it was an amazing year for music across the board. But I also think we were so intent on talking about everyone that there isn't much that we missed if we didn't elaborate that much on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
1971 is also considered to be one of the biggest years in music, and some critics call it the best year ever for quality of releases. I think you'd possibly have to live it to agree, though. While I found a lot of that exceptional, I didn't have the same affection for the year that we come across in later episodes. Yeah, you beat me to it. I had the same thought about uh, about how much we uh, fit into the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the most time to prep for it. You know, yeah. it, was gonna, it was our first one. Um, also, we had the most time to prep for, for that show. We actually did a warm up show. Dude, we did a practice for, show. Yeah, <laughs> I know we did a practice show because uh, probably more for me being prone was, oh man, how am I gonna how am I gonna say this? How am I gonna say that? You know, you're trying on new things, and to be honest. The show that we released, it didn't have the same energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of felt a little flat to me when we when we did it. Probably because you know we're covering familiar ground, or we're just kind of rehashing, you know, what we had already talked about. Coming the but yeah, pull, yeah, yeah, pull the curtain back. Yeah, we we did a we did a practice show, um, and we mentioned the Carpenters kind of in passing, uh, but when in doing this cleanup i'm like wow there's a lot of great songs from the carpenters in 71 that we didn't even kind of you know we kind of just glossed over the name but rainy days and mondays for all that we know it's superstar those are great songs i love those and i'd be curious overall for 71 if people 20 or maybe 30 years younger than us how they if they would view 1971 as legendary for us or if maybe those younger generations had their 1971 in 1991. I think that's probably true. Or, you know, you talk about 20-year-olds today, that that could be 2001, and we don't realize it yet. Yeah. So, you know, it's just going ahead and going forward. I think it was a great year for album reviews, and there was a lot of great music that came out, but there's nothing necessarily... I look back at 1971 and I say, oh my God, this is my favorite album of all time. Mm. And I know some people do say that. Funny thing is, we're going to go up from 1972 through 74 and we're going to hit a couple of those for me, but that'll come. Oh, yeah. So it, it, can you imagine that somebody's 1971 is 1986? Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. Right here we are <laughs> shitting on it, <laughs> or we will when we get back to there. Yeah. But why not? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's i guess it's all the the way you hear it and the way it comes to your life and yeah and what age you are when you first hear it and if it's something that you're making the conscious decision for the first time to listen to mm-hmm. yep okay so this is going to be the first song that we add the well the first new song of the old stuff that we add to the playlist and you get to choose from 1971 i get to choose 1971 Yes. So my 1971 pick is going to be Hocus Pocus by Focus. (laughs) Let's all say that together again, kids. Yeah. Hocus Hocus Focus by Focus. No, you fucked up. You said Hocus Focus. Is that beer talking? Hocus Pocus Focus by by Focus. That's a little prog yodeling added to our lives right there. Yeah. Have you seen live versions of this song? It's it's insane. It's so cool. The old gray whistle test. Yeah. Oh, see yeah. the performances on that. I <laughs> it's love that show. Yeah. That's a great show that we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, it's so much fun to watch. I wasn't even thinking about this as a, a prog song or really any genre. I just see this as a song as one of those crazy rites of passages 
Everyone who's ever heard this song has someone say to them, you're not going to believe this shit just before (laughs) putting it on. It's unique, sounds a little crazy, but there's something about it that's definitely entertaining. Oh, definitely. So if you're listening to this show, go find Hocus Pocus by Focus on the playlist because you're not going to believe this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you think it sounds crazy, go watch it. Yeah. It no is kidding. crazy. Yeah. Look, it's so much look up fun. The video on YouTube. It's amazing. Oh, All right, Matt. So let's get to this forbidden year. 1986 okay. was version number two. And what a terrible year to go to for our second show. Thank you to everybody yeah. who kept listening because <laughs> what new role were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I think we're, both glad that we got it out of the way early if if this was our first episode we probably would have been happier to get it out of our mm-hmm. way and not waste our first episode on such a great year like 1971 <laughs> where we're trying to figure out what we're doing let's do 1986 um, because slippery wood wet came out that year. <laughs> yeah we hardly even talked about it good uh, <laughs> and you know i actually saw them a concert for that for that year i can't remember who opened but anyways, that's that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Um, and you know, while we both didn't connect to that year, I have to say that this is a case for me where I got really, I got tunnel vision. Um, and me and my good friend Beer, we were having so much fun talking about what we, what we didn't like and neglected what we did like. Mm-hmm. And that's what this should be about, celebrating what we like. Uh, but I'm still going to be a prick and <laughs> talk shit about stuff I don't like. There was some good metal stuff coming out. Um, uh, bands like Rat and Black and Blue, they had great albums. I love the Wasp album, Inside the Electric Circus. Sorry. Uh, uh, oh, I, oh, yeah, Wasp, they're not for everyone. I get it. I, I get it. Uh, Master of Puppets, that's a great record. I don't even think we mentioned Metallica. And I remember I was uh, at Sequence Music, downtown Newport, and, and I had that. And I don't know what else in my hand. And I can't even remember who it was with. Said, oh, you don't want Metallica. You don't want Master of Puppets. Well, you know, you know, I'd like to go back in time and go, fuck you, buy that album. <laughs> you no, know, because it probably took me another year or two before I actually picked that one up. And it's it's so great. But one of my favorites from 86 was Tesla's Mechanical Resonance. Oh, yeah, Tesla. We talked about them. Yeah, in, in version 1991, yeah. part two, I picked one of their songs. Um, and that got me to thinking, oh man, 86, I was having too much fun trashing the sound that I didn't, I neglected to bring up Tesla, who didn't fall into that soundtrack. No. And they kind of get falsely lumped in with, with hair bands, you know, because of the time. Mm-hmm. They don't hit the tropes of the hair band appearance other than having long hair. No, they're, no. More, they're, they're more of the hard rock jeans, t-shirt, um, and really hair, hair metal, that's kind of like a, a derogatory term, right? We're going to describe it by the outward appearance of it. Um, but back to Tesla, uh, you know, if you listen to a song like Coming At You Live, where there's distinct overlaid guitar parts that are just so fucking cool, um, you're not going to hear that on Poison or Cinderella. We Could Be Together. That's a great bluesy ballad. But boy, towards the end, it just picks up speed and, you know, kicks ass. Um, and not metal, but uh, I really liked uh, the Fabulous Thunderbirds. They had a song called Tough Enough. Dude, they were great. That, it's that are, it's yeah. uh, Severe Yvonne's younger brother was the guitar yeah, player. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. 
in the band. Yeah, and they, they were, that was a fun band. band. That was one of those things that came along and you're kind of like, yeah, it's like good old school rock and roll yeah. when, when Tough Enough came along in 1986. So Matt, why did I trade 1986 to you for 2002? You fucker, you baited <laughs> me into this, didn't you? You're going to talk about the cure. You just spent five minutes talking about great stuff from 1986. And I've got nothing for 2002 when we roll around to that. You're like, I'm going to take 1986 and I'm going to take 2002. And then, so you know what? I'm going to talk about the cure right here in 1986. Because this is the moment you have been waiting for. Well, I will say this. It's not Coldplay. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) So the album that secures a legion of Cure fans was released in 1986. It's called Staring at the Beach. It wasn't a greatest hits. It was a compilation of singles and B-sides. In 1987, The Cure finally break the USA and end up all over the radio with Just Like Heaven. If you remember that song, you know, that's, yeah, it's a good that, song. that's when that busted out onto the scene. So as music fans do, you know, you and I do this as well. People want to dig through the back catalog and find what was good from this band before. And this singles compilation with the great B-sides is stacked with some of their greatest songs that they'll still play live to this day. So none of these songs count for being released in 1986, but this compilation came out at this time. We're talking Killing an Arab, Boys Don't Cry, A Forest, Let's Go to Bed, Love Cats, Close to Me, It's an absolutely classic that Cure fans were crazy about. I think the compilation is just what fueled their fire as they got really huge by the end of the 80s. And in fact, for about six to nine months in 1989 to 1990, they were considered the biggest band in the world. So yeah. That late in the 80s. That late into it. It comes to when they sold out Wembley Stadium And also when they sold out one of the largest stadiums in New York. So, but it's what you have to do to be considered the biggest band in the world. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I listened to a forest and I did like the sparseness of it. And I do see how it can fit into new wave. Mm -hmm. That that, the the sound that they had back then. So I'll I'll put my cure poker away right now. Okay. Thank you. For now, for now, for now, for For now. now. (laughs) So I can't pick a Cure song from this compilation, as I said, but I missed an amazing song by Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over. And that's my choice to go on the list for 1986, even if Matt listed off about 10 songs before I yeah. got to my, my chance to talk here. <laughs> yes, um, but yours is the only one that's going on the playlist. My song's going on the playlist. And I think a lot that's of right. people enjoy hearing Don't Dream It's oh, Over by Crowded definitely. House. This it's a great song. This song has a beautiful sound, and this song taught me that lyrics can be poetry. Okay, yeah, no, that's a great song. That'll be a good to add to it. I'll never skip it when it comes on. So the third show we did, uh, welcome to version nineteen eighty part two. Yeah, we talked about this <laughs> this uh, version nineteen eighty for probably the next two or three episodes. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is my favorite year, and probably 
the show that I have the most regrets about because <laughs> we played the Grim Reaper for too damn long and we, we left so much out. Yeah, it, we, we stepped away from narrating their entire final day. So that's good. Yeah. That's probably for the better, <laughs> except for John yeah. and Wessel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, how do we miss Pat Benatar? I don't know. I, and you even said that before we started recording. Yeah, I that did. you wanted to talk about her. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll blame beer. Probably, probably. <laughs> she had her biggest album, you know, in, in a rock world dominated by men in 1980, and uh, she understood how to promote and represent as a pioneer of rock female artists. There's also a decent cover of Kate Bush's "Wuthering Heights" on the album "Crimes of Passion." But I definitely grew up thinking "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" was a classic as any rock song from that era could be. Oh, definitely. And I'll, I'll put Joan Jett in there with her too. Mm -hmm. She's another pioneer for women in rock. Um, the Runaways, she was 16 when they formed. Um, they released four albums between 76 and 79. Yep. Um, then she produced an album for the Germs after uh, Runaways broke up. And then she just started pumping out solo records. Her first solo came out in 80. It's in a gray area because it was re-released in 1981 as Bad <laughs> Reputation, but that just means I get to talk about it in 1981 as well, because Joan Jett's awesome. There was a couple Gary Glitter songs that she covered on that, and one of them was Do You Want to Touch Me? That's so that not cool. I know, and I had no idea it was a Gary Glitter song, but I still love that song. I got <laughs> That's such a great song. Until three days ago, I didn't know this was a Gary Glitter song. Ah. Uh. That sound bite is all I need. Okay, good. Yeah, three days ago, you're forgiven. <laughs> yeah, and if people don't know, just go, or don't look up Gary Glitter. Just don't look up Gary Glitter. <laughs> just fuck that guy. <laughs> Except for that song. Well, and a few other songs. Um, and we stayed away from talking about Rush. Mm -hmm. Under the guys that, uh, there's better years to talk about Rush. We were wrong. So wrong. Permanent Waves. Uh, and, you know, for our shows, that would have been a great, place to start and talking about rush mm -hmm. we talked about radio staples in 1977 spirit of radio and free will they're right up there right there. as well as stuff from uh joan jett and uh, uh pat benatar mm -hmm. um past those two songs though they do get all proggy and i tend my interest wanes even though i could listen to getty lee play bass all day long he's so much fun to listen to mm -hmm. and i know his voice isn't for everyone yeah, we talked about non-pretentious prog bands earlier. And, I, you know, as I said, Rush is just this. All of these guys are genuinely cool musicians. Oh, yeah. You're right about Getty Lee's voice, though. I like the music, but I've got about a three-song tolerance before I have to go over to <laughs> something else. Yeah, I'm probably right there with you. Yeah. Yeah, I've listened to full albums, but yeah, I get a few songs in and I'm like, I need a break. So aside for death in 1980, I really, I went off on too many new discoveries just because I was so excited about them, but it made us kind of not touch on good songs from Bob Seger. Mm -hmm. um, You'll accompany me or Genesis misunderstanding and turn it on again. Wait, was that against the wind also? Yeah. Against the wind. Yeah. On that album. Yeah. It, yeah. It was on that album. Yeah. Um, uh, we didn't even talk about Devo and Whip It. I mean, everybody loves Whip It. I mean, yeah, they do. Yeah. And, and the police. Yeah, we we mentioned the police, but we didn't, you know, really elaborate. But don't stand so close to me. Da do 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 da da da. <laughs> <laughs> they sample that and remix it somehow. 
and another one I kind of mentioned in passing was Prince Dirty Mind. That is such a great album mm-hmm. um, from beginning to end that I don't really feel like I explained how much I really love it. And I'm not going to hear just because we're probably going to eat up too much time. ABBA, Super Trooper album that yep. had the winner yep. takes it all. Super Trooper in a song called On and On and On, mm-hmm. which is kind of up there as one of my favorite ABBA songs. That chorus where those uh, Agnetha and Frida are singing. I just love their voices so much. Um, 1980, there were some good metal coming out. And then there was also REO Speedwagon with a high infidelity. Keep on loving you. Take it on the run. Uh, some great metal came out. You had the Scorpions, Animal Magnetism. Mm-hmm. Um, that song, The Zoo, is awesome. Judas Priest, British Steel, Breaking the Law, Breaking the Law, Living After Midnight, Iron Maiden's debut. We missed um, that. Saxon had a, we missed that. Oh, Probably shit. because, you know, it's got Paul Diano as, as singer, and we kind of tend to pay more attention to if it's got Bruce Dickinson in it. How do you miss Living After Midnight? I don't, how did, how did we miss Living After Midnight? How do you miss Breaking I, the Law? Beavis and Butthead, man. I know, right? We grew up on that shit. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Saxon had a couple really good albums, Wheels of Steel and Strong Arm of the Law. I don't have a clue who they are. Oh, Saxon, they're really good. That sounds Um, like a a band that I would imagine wears all night armor. (laughs) (laughs) And and aside from that, you still had your, uh, uh, your one hit wonders like Turning Japanese by The Vapors. Go right. back and listen to Turning Japanese song. and ask yourself if you think it's appropriate. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you don't know what it's about, just, just Google it. <laughs> if you're our age, you probably already know what it's about. Okay. I will step back from part two of 1980. And I'll, and obviously this was going to be the year that I was going to choose a song from. Mm-hmm. And one of, and the song that I chose was Ah Leah by Donnie Iris. This was not a top 10 hit. It should have been in to my ears. Was it a top 20, top 40? I think it was, I think it was a top 30 hit. Okay. Donnie Iris, he was in the Jaggers. You know the okay. song The Rapper? Nope. He wrote that song. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you, you don't know that song? No. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sing it. But yeah, he wrote it under his real name, Donnie. Donnie Laracy, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. We'll, we'll put this and, in the audience poll. See if they'll yeah, pick the rapper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's not a bit. Well, that was much earlier, though, not 1980. Okay. And he was in, uh, briefly, uh, Wild Cherry. Uh, but uh, Leah is such a catchy, powerful pop rock song with just this big, great chorus. Like I said, it, it wasn't a big hit. I, I wish it was uh, because it should be more well-known. Mm-hmm. This is a great song. Great song. Never um, heard it before today. Yeah. Don't know really you never, what to say. And that, <laughs> and, and that is and that is one of the things where I'm like, I can't believe nobody. Yeah, I've got to listen to it a few it times before wasn't I can a come top back hit. and really have a conversation with you about it. Yeah, it's a great song. So go right. listen to it. Please. Well, you're going to have to because it's going to be. It will be. So. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's go to 2002 since I didn't care for 2002. And I was happy to pass it over because I felt like I was stuck with it like 1986 originally. And I was and I was okay with the switch. I was definitely okay with the switch. I had some songs ready to go for 1986 and I could have said, oh yeah, there we go. You know, have it. I think I wanted to more or less do a mea culpa for 1986 because I talked so much crap about it that I want that I wanted to like, you know, say my piece with it. 
but I think we did a pretty thorough job of mentioning everything that was out there and talked about what we liked. And I wonder if we were drinking on that one because we sounded so calm. I don't know <laughs> if we were sober or if it was just late at night or something. <laughs> All the We Crown, 1986 is our worst year. 2002 is right down oh, there. It, I, I think 2002 was worse for me. I think your problem with 1986 really was the sound in a lot of ways, it more was. than the quality of music and the, the songwriting. Whereas 2002 was like bland. And that's what makes it worse. Mm -hmm. We called it boring, yeah. right? And I personally, when we're doing this show, I would rather get hate comments on the Facebook page because of pissing somebody off than having people tune out because we're boring. Yeah. I think being boring is such a bigger detriment than being- but There was nothing there exciting for us to talk about. It's almost like the way we did 1991 and split it into two years, 2002, we probably could match it up with another really shitty year of music and do oh, one episode yeah, we and be like, let's do a mashup yeah. of 1995 yeah. and 2017 <laughs> and just put them together. Yeah, the, the, actually, that probably would have been the better way to go. But as far as 2002, I'm going to call myself out, though, because uh, you were talking about Lil John's mm -hmm. Get Low. And at first, I thought I knew what you're talking about until you started singing it. And I'm like, you were going skeet, skeet. I'm like, Wait, what the fuck is Jim <laughs> talking about? I had no idea, but I just I just went along with it because you were you were on a roll. And then and I was just processing it. But after we got off, I went and listened to it. I'm like, how did I not know this song before? <laughs> so we'll keep it brief because 2002 was yes. boring. My pick wasn't boring. It was uh, Obstacle One by Interpol. Interpol's got this they got a unique sound you know it when you put it on and they haven't really changed much um i'm looking forward they got a new album coming out this year i'm looking forward to hearing it they're kind of like the killer's bratty younger brother even though they're mm -hmm. out first right <laughs> <laughs> but this it's a really good song and i bet just as you say the band name interpol you automatically know what the sound is oh yeah right you got you it's just ingrained and they haven't yeah. changed and sometimes i Sometimes I like it when they stay the same, you know, as long as the songwriting is there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the guy's name who sings, but he kind of he he kind of sounds like Lou Reed if he were to sing with more passion. Uh huh. <laughs> it's it's a step away from talk singing. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this new album they got coming out. Yeah, you were saying that earlier, and I, I can't wait to hear it too. I didn't realize it was coming along. So we're gonna go into 2012, and in our notes, I wrote nothing. I heard absolutely nothing. <laughs> this is going to be the shortest year that Matt will cover very quickly for you. And it, I don't really have anything against 2012. You know, 2002, I kind of punted back at you, picked up yeah. 1986. You know, 2012, you, you asked for it. This was a year you wanted. And then when we were writing our notes together, I didn't put a single lick in. <laughs> no, you didn't. But if you go back and listen to 2002 and 2012, I think both of these shows, we did just a, a good job of saying what needed to be said. Yeah. And I don't think we really left anything out that was meaningful to either one of us. It, it, there were kind of those years where we had those realizations of our prejudices, mm -hmm. you know, and our prejudging of certain things and ruts that we were in. But we also had our eyes open to newer things. 
but I think we just did a good enough job of covering those two years where we didn't really miss anything. I think also with 2012, I was kind of afraid of going into my first year in Scotland again, you know, talking about it over and over again as that oh, was. Oh, being that guy that says, here in the UK. Right in the UK, yeah. it was like this over here, where you were <laughs> over there, it was like this yeah. over here. Oh, no, I, I get it. You know? um, and I think 2012 was probably the last time where we just looked at each other when we were doing the countdown and we went to the number two, where we just went all in <laughs> on the immaturity and Austin Powers. Because <laughs> we would always look at each other with this look like, are you going to do it? Are you going to yeah. do it? But just know when we get to number two, we're still looking at each other like that. We've done it once. <laughs> We've done it once. We don't need to go there again. We're almost afraid to say it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we'll keep we'll keep 2012 short too. I'm gonna add uh, Trey Anastasio's "Let Me Lie." Mm-hmm. Third time's a charm for this song. Okay. You know, when I first picked it, I'm like trying to find out is this a 2012 song, and then I read and I see ah oh, shit, it's a fish song. But then I'm like, oh wait, no, but it's a Trey song from a different solo album. So I. I had to go back and listen to each version. This song evolved to, to me, a listenable state. Okay. But, it, but it's very listenable. It's a really good song. The first time it's a fish song. The second time it's, it's got a, a weird timing to it mm-hmm. for my ears. But then the third time, it's just like a great acoustic song that flows really well he he's got a great voice he's a he's a fantastic guitar player dude you're picking a jam band i am picking a jam but see it's one of those contradictions right and this is where and i'm not going to speak for you but it's where i need to be better at not sounding like i'm dismissing bands or genres based on what i view as the majority of their music because they all have a song that i'm gonna like Mm-hmm. Unless it's some kind of like drony metal thing where I'm going to like, this is five minutes of the same note. I'm not going to listen to this. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to pay for it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm good. It's not a jam song, but it, it's a it's a really good song that good. I hope people like. Hey man, that's cool. I do realize that when Trey does his solo stuff, it's kind of, you know, more, you know, song to song than the same jam bandy mm. stuff that goes on yeah. when he's playing with fish, but we'll move on to 1993. This is the next year. That's my year. I feel there's a lot of responsibility trying to describe what we missed with 91, 93, so close together mm. in a good year in 1992, which we'll eventually get to is wedged right in the middle. So I thought maybe we hadn't talked about Radiohead, Pablo honey. We talked about Blur's debut in the 1991 episode, but Blur's debut didn't really have a huge effect on the music world. No. However, Pablo Honey introduced the song Creep by Radiohead, which has over a billion plays. It's a a worldwide renowned song. One of your favorite musicians, Prince, was known for covering this song in concert. So every time we say Prince, can we get like this... uh... Oh, yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're at the point where you need to put a song on for 1993. My pick for 1993 is Big Head Todd and the Monsters, Broken Hearted Savior. <laughs> Crack a beer for that. <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't saluting it. It just happened. Hey, Happy it, accident. It's, it's, we talked about them, you know, in one of the earlier shows and 
how they were, you know, not a jam band to our ears, but got lumped in with that crowd. I think you also talked about Jim who couldn't stop talking about his girlfriends and the brokenhearted <laughs> savior song just spoke to me during that time of my life. So we'll just call it at that. Go look it up. It's a beautiful song. It's got a great yeah, guitar solo. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it's, it's unlike anything that we have on the playlist too. So I think it'll stand out on it on its own i agree with you on that absolutely so big year 1977 holy shit yeah 19 similar to 1980 where it was just name dropping and tried to get all in mm-hmm. it's like and did you hear this and did you hear this and did you hear this you know what you know what you know what <laughs> but you know we still left out some stuff yeah you know we didn't even talk about super tramp give a little bit off the even in quietest moments album that's a great song I kind of brushed by Kiss, um, but Love Gun, I really like that album. They had a lot of good songs yep. on it. But in Kansas, we didn't even talk about Dust in the Wind. You Dude, know, if you, even how do we if not talk about Dust in the Wind? I know, right? That's like every I mean, yeah, single finger-picking people... guitar player's first song they ever learn. Yeah, but it's like, maybe it's right up there with Stairway to Heaven, where people are like, don't play Stairway to Heaven. Don't play Dust yeah, in the Wind. I think so. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I really think 77 was um, we had a lot of learning that we did before this episode. Mm-hmm. So I think we really just talked about everything we needed to talk about. We could talk about um, more star Wars. Oh, we could. Yeah. We? That's right. So, Oh, it's, I'll change my song to the cantina band. So well, that's a good, that's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's a good choice, yeah. No, uh, but I'm going to put on a band that we, we love. We have a lot of fun talking shit about Aerosmith. <laughs> you say we love. <laughs> we haven't shown any love to this band. I know. No, we love talking shit about them. Aerosmith is one of the more maligned groups that we talked about. We have a lot of fun crapping on them. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to add Draw the Line um, from Aerosmith. This is a, just the good, dirty rock and roll Aerosmith that we've been waiting to add onto this playlist yeah it's a great song it is this is the stuff they got away from that they should have just kept doing and i don't even mind and you know yeah sometimes i i walk that line of complaining about oh boy the sound is really shitty or the sound is too clean Mm -hmm. right and this is one of those where it's really it's not a good sounding you know phonically or sonically sounding record but damn this is a great song this is the first year that we actually had a listener pick. So, oh, is it? yes. Yeah, so we added five songs from the listener picks from this year, 1977. And my favorite pick from this year from them was uh, David Bowie's Heroes. I felt a little guilty being a Bowie guy that we kind of passed over it very lightly in the show. Uh, but I'm glad it was chosen for the playlist. And you said at the start that you love seeing Psycho Killer out of the playlist yeah. so yeah that was great yeah no Bo- bowie's heroes that is a that's a kind of a slow burn song mm-hmm. because that's such a cool lick but it's it's so subdued that until you you know pick up a guitar or a bass and you kind of play it you're like oh that's really that's really goddamn cool and they were both some not and they were both from 1977 they right? were it's just yeah. a great year of music yeah man 1977 was great absolutely phenomenal year of music so let's get to 2008. So the listener pick from 2008 was not Coldplay again, as yeah. my song had been. No, and I think the 2000s, that's what we're going to get, just because there's so much pop music out there. Well, there's so much music in general. 
Um, and really, if you go listen to top 40 music, it's or top 40 radio stations, it's going to be, you know, pop music. There's not much crossover with other genres, mm -hmm. but especially for the listener poll, it's, I think it's more about the well-known songs because I think that's what we put on the lists for people to choose between. Yeah. I don't know if faced with a poll, if people just go with what they know versus an unknown song. Um, I don't know if, if that's ever the case in our polls. I don't know if anyone knows Love Lockdown or they pull a Jim and Matt prejudge because it's Kanye and say, fuck that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen more votes for that or kids by uh, uh, MGMT. Um, but I can still add one of those because it's 2008 and that's my year to pick a song. Um, and I, I'm in a little bit of a tricky spot with that because there's other bands we haven't talked about yet from this time period but I've kind of talked myself into saving them mm -hmm. for down the road. So I'm going to add Love Lockdown by Kanye West. I've gotten attached to this song most from my kids, mostly Owen. Mm -hmm. Kanye comes up a lot when he chooses the music lately. And I don't, I like it. I don't mind it at all. Um, I like the simplicity on the song and how the percussion comes in and it <clears throat> takes it from a mellower song and changes it uh, mood wise. Um, it's, it is a tough choice because of certain things I like in, in music in general. And what I've talked about is going through and having dynamics. Mm -hmm. So while we get this juxtaposition of something quiet, then it goes through immediately loud. If I were doing it, maybe I would have built up to the loud, but the loud comes right in and okay. it hits a little bit. It, it hits harder or hits differently. Um, and I, I, I do like the way he uses auto-tune as an effect and not just a crutch where he probably does use it as a crutch. I don't know. I'm going to say, do you think I, he I, I don't really know. sing then? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like... I, you know, I think if you were to take more than half of the stuff on, you know, these Billboard Top 100 hot lists, more than half of them are using auto-tune. Yeah, yeah, no, they as are. A, as a crutch. All right, Matt, that's enough about Kanye. You've got a lot of love. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I actually expect we'll hear more. You know, he's got a lot of albums that came out in the 2000s. And... Yeah, he does. And I hope, and yeah, I don't know. People are probably going to prejudge him based on the name and what people think they know about him. But his music's really good. Yeah, I, I think, like it. I think if you're looking at our playlist and 50 years of music and over 500 songs, Kanye is going to pop up in there a few times because of his songwriting oh, yeah. and his presence. So yeah. let's, let's go on to 2021. This is probably going to be quick. We covered another one. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be yeah, quick. Yeah. We covered what happened in 2021 fairly well for a couple of old farts trying to get in tune with <laughs> modern sounds. I do think we found something there. Aaron Jones was definitely yeah. a highlight. I think for both of us, the charts were confusing and yeah. I was trying to stay relevant to American listeners when most of the music I was listening to was over on this side of the pond. Yeah. And I'm, uh, and I'm finding myself driven to UK bands for the sound I'm missing from the U S not intentionally. It's just, I'll hear something. And when I go look it up, it's like, Oh, they're from the UK. Yeah. It's a lot. You know, going it's not on an intentional here. thing. There's a lot going on over here. That's still good. If there's any band, I think we might've passed over in 2021. It was a band who had a very decent release. Uh, Nathaniel Ratcliffe and the night sweats. They found success on both sides of the ponds. They kind of remind me of a cross between Dylan and Morrison. If you listen to it lyrically and vocally, there's a lot of Dylan reflection, but then it has the Van Morrison horns and the breakdowns 
that okay. take place kind of in a funk side of music or, you know, jazz funk that doesn't mm-hmm. take place in Dylan's songs. It, there's, there's a classic sound that you can just tell people who say they don't make music like they used to. Oh, that they're, exactly. They're, that they're wrong. They're just too lazy to look for it because here it is. Yeah, and he can sing. Yeah. Holy shit, that guy can sing. He's definitely not a Dylan or a Van Morrison kind of singer. No, no, um, not at all. And I'm really glad you brought them up because I saw him on 2021 and I'm like, well, you know, their debut album is really good. So I was kind of holding back talking about them until that because they're they'll definitely come up in that version. But they are such a great band. They're just a they're a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And they might be what I'm looking for from American bands to open new doors for me to discover the, the bands that I'm actually kind of trying to find yep, from American yep. bands yeah, or the sound that I'm looking for from American bands. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- th- they're definitely one of my favorite new yeah. bands. So the song is called love me till I'm gone. Oh, great song. Yeah. I, I can't recommend it any more than that. Uh, the listener pick from this year was also amazing and it was uh taylor swift's all too well uh, we have to thank kirsty for adding that to the poll on our facebook page and it definitely belongs on this playlist and my friend john you know speaking to him uh you know he tells me that you know it's a modern classic and i do think he's right yeah i'm glad that was added it's a it's a really good song you know and uh hopefully going forward people take advantage of those polls and adding songs that they want mm-hmm. because we're not going to we, we we can't think of everything we're no. going to definitely leave stuff off no yeah so then here we are i get stuck with 1991 how do you yeah. get stuck <laughs> we spent a lot of time on 1991 <laughs> two episodes yeah true i, I know there okay i'll give you more that we could say and i felt <laughs> like we made peace with 1991 for, for me, the episode wasn't about listing a bunch of band names. It was about admitting to myself that I was over a lot of this music, at least mm. in large doses. But I do think we enjoyed living in that moment so much. We still planted the Nirvana flag when we said at the beginning of the episode that we would <laughs> not do that. No, but I think it it highlighted the the change in music from what the beginning of the year started out as and what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, and I probably drove that wanting to to hold back on the, the Nirvana thing. It needed to be done because yeah. it was a dramatic, drastic change in direction for music. Yeah, yeah. However, Matt, since we planted our Nirvana flag in 1991, I'm actually picking the song Breed by Nirvana as my song. What I like about this sound in this song is and i think it's what butch vig captured with nevermind so here's the nirvana flag and jim's final stamp into the ground <laughs> and it's probably not a song that would add up on a po- end up on a poll either. no and, and if you take so a this good if you take this song in particular and then you listen to the rest of the album and then you realize that this type of music had never been captured so yeah. tight I mean, definitely came down to Dave Grohl's drumming, you know, holding mm. that entire album down in a way that any band he would have played with would have had some level of success at some point. Yeah, because I think he gets how important drums are to a song. Yeah. 
yeah. how and and how drums the, the the drums they obviously they set the beat but they set the tone of it too and the pace it's you know you can take it to loud and brash to what they did on the unplugged album mm-hmm. and completely lead the way by keeping everybody restrained absolutely absolutely so there's the nirvana flag planted again and that marks the end of the cleanup yes denial 69 yes it is more so, adolescent but... humor brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're done we have to decide where to go to next and i think if i'm not confused it's your turn yes it is have you given it any thought or yeah i i want to go back like a waiter do i need to give you a minute to look at the menu <laughs> uh i'd like maybe to think about what's in the 2000s again but i'm feeling what are the like specials i want to be a little nostalgic and we're gonna go back to the 70s and we're gonna go to 1974 oh, yay there was yes. much rejoicing <laughs> i think i think i'm gonna love this yeah, I'm definitely thinking it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's going to be a lot in there to go and listen to. I actually, oh, yeah. obviously, we're picking years, so I might peek ahead. It's a good year for music. I don't think it's as overwhelming unless curator Matt shows up for everybody. So that doesn't <laughs> to need a degree, to happen. He will. Yeah, yeah, he will. <laughs> well, that, that that's the thing, right? It's like uh, 71, our first episode, right? I go into super curator mode of uh having to obsess over it but over time it's like oh yeah i i know what i need to do and what i can get away with (laughs) (laughs) if if matt tapped his foot to it it's gonna be in the show yep probably yep (laughs) (laughs) i'll try not to annoy people too much no it'll be good that's great so we'll have the songs from the first years that we missed added we'll have our songs we'll have the audience songs and the playlist continues to grow from this episode so great stuff awesome we're gonna have a playlist that you can drive across the country to well i'm gonna take a vacation to it soon in yeah vermont and we'll see each other yes we will we will talk about that on yeah future episodes you'll find out when matt and jim bump into each other for the first time in what 12 years uh yeah Seems yeah. like it's been longer though. Jeez. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So signing us out. Signing us out. I think we're all wrapped up with the cleanup. So Jim, take her away. Say goodbye to everybody for us. Okay, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this cleanup episode of the first 10, almost 11, because we got two parts in 1991 thrown oh, yeah, together. Uh, so this would almost be episode 12. I don't know, maybe. We'll just keep pushing on it. We'll just hit 1974 next. Looking forward to talking about it with you, Matt. As always, it's always a great time to talk to you. Uh, You know, catching up on all these years. I bet you eventually we'll go through the next 10 years and we'll want to do a cleanup on that. And then with the next 10 years, we'll want to do a cleanup on that. And then we'll realize we want to do a cleanup on the first 10 years. <laughs> and then we'll realize this playlist is ridiculous. Let's stop it already. <laughs> but everybody out there who's tuning in and listening to us, we are so happy and thankful for it. And yeah, we hope, yeah, we hope you keep listening. Matt, I will see you soon. Uh, everybody yes. else, thank you very much. Peace, love, and podcast. <laughs>